0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show.
1: We've decided that for the duration of the uh, for, uh, the stay-at-home orders, we're going to try to do a COVID update. Just because I think that it's unique in and of itself. So, um, welcome to the Chris and Andre COVID update. Nineteen updates.
0: Coronavirus update.
1: Yeah, I was actually thinking bump, bum, bum in my <laughs> in my head. But aside from the fact that North Carolina was trending on Twitter, which kind well, of really hashtag
0: reopen NC.
1: Yeah, that that didn't make any sense to me. I, I don't. Um, did Did we close it?
0: I didn't realize that we had closed North Carolina because I, no, you we, know, I mean, like I went to the doctor this morning. I went to the grocery store yesterday. I went to the pharmacy. All all uh, necessary trips, I should say.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um, like I don't know where this fringe of the of the American population is coming from. I understand their concerns about you know being at home and et cetera, et cetera. But I think that I uh, I I saw this interesting thing last night about the curve Mm -hmm. where it's more of a plateau so we're not really flattening the curve and with the hopes of the curve going downward but it's more of the deaths will continue basically type of deal Mm -hmm. um at a more uh, level rate which
0: because what essentially you can't you can't stop the virus from spreading completely until you have like a vaccine right or or if we're somehow able to develop herd immunity right and that's doesn't seem to be happening at a very quick rate right now you know and so essentially what we're doing is it's not about reducing the overall number of cases and and maybe even necessarily like deaths that result from it but preventing the healthcare system from being so overrun that you end up with unnecessary deaths, deaths that could be prevented if people had access to the machines and the, and the medical care that's necessary. And if we don't continue to maintain social distancing and stay at home orders for at least, you know, another couple of weeks, probably maybe even, you know, another month here, there's a really good chance that what ends up happening is you, you have this flattening and then another spike. You know, right. because then now you got everybody back out. You don't know who's sick and who's not, who's been exposed and who's not. And so, that and that's, you know, part of it, I think, is that it hasn't, again, right, communication. That hasn't been effectively communicated to people when, the, I think, you know, these are, or people just aren't listening is the other part. But right. I think, you know, from what I gathered watching the videos of the, the protest in North Carolina and reading some articles um and doing a little bit of research just on the group the facebook group that had kind of started that whole thing my take is that it is a lot of small business owners um who are feeling you know and, and i think in a lot of ways rightfully so you know devastatingly impacted by them essentially being forced to shutter their doors because they're not considered an essential business um and for them I think what they want is the what you know it's more about like we want the choice that if we want to be open and do things necessary to try and prevent virus spread that we should be allowed to do that. And I I understand that to a degree but I, at the same time I just think you know it's it's our, we've already shown that people are not smart enough to just follow the directions as they are. You know like I mean time and time again Yesterday when I went to Lowe's, there was a couple that walked in, they had face masks on, right? Walked in with their golden retriever and literally every single person that they walked by that asked if they could pet the dog. They're, oh, what a good dog, bends down and starts petting them. And they're standing three or four feet apart from each other having a conversation. And I'm like, it's is it that hard to understand what we're trying to do here?
1: I'll be honest. I personally think that we should shut everything down. Um, and I, I, I hear you and I understand the argument of small business owners. But, but I, I, and
0: and so not to interrupt, but just to, cause my take on the small business stuff is it's like the, the, the solution is not to reopen everything. It's, you know, let's provide some assistance for those small businesses. Right. Whether I agree. It's, it's access to, you know, very low interest rate or zero interest rate loans for a short period of time, you know, so that they can maintain rent or pay the things that they need and then pay that money back eventually. Like something along those lines needs to be put in place as opposed to saying, well, let's just put everybody back out there and let the people that need to die, die.
1: So and I hear you. I just think that um, the, the capitalism is going to come out. I think that we should let the the airlines fail. I think that we should, you know, personally, the money that should be going out predominantly should go to small businesses. Uh, Large corporations, if they don't have the cash to survive a a tough time, then that's their fault. I think the priority should be the small business owners. I think the priority should be uh, the mom and pop stores, not corporations. And unfortunately, that's not been the case. So the federal government is actually still trying to get an additional two hundred fifty
0: billion dollars mm-hmm. specifically to... for small businesses. Now, right, right. That's why, why think... didn't they include small businesses in the initial the, the bills? The bills should have been separate. Right, you know, or they should have been in tiers. It should be. But but what I'm saying, I guess my my question is right. They included a what sixty seven was it sixty seven million dollar yeah sixty seven million dollar tax break for corporations no for wealthy real estate investors that make a million dollars a year you know uh, basically eliminating they can have a claim 1.7 million dollar on average all the way back
1: this year all the way back to 2018 yeah
0: for what Uh, how on earth does that make sense how is how is the freaking covid pandemic and the stimulus bill that they're passing have anything to do with real estate you know profits from 2018 and 2019 Right, um, but but you know we do that, and and I mean you know here here's twelve hundred dollars, Americans, you know.
1: <laughs> Again, Americans better have long memories. Seriously, if they if they don't, they're they are fooling themselves. I, I, I yeah, when I saw that, I was like, you twenty eighteen, come on. So you can already write off expenses and losses as a co- as a company anyway. Um, those real estate developers are typically pretty cash heavy in the first place. So what are we doing here? Um, I don't agree. I think that it should have been in tears. I do think that citizens first, small business second, and then everybody else on an as needed basis provide help to. And unfortunately I still believe that if they couldn't weather this particular storm, they should go out of business. There's no reason on God's green earth that we should be, Bailing out, I mean, didn't we learn in 08, 09 not to bail out corporations?
0: No, no, because I mean, since 08, 09, what we, we've passed, uh, Citizens United and all this other stuff that essentially just continues to give corporations more rights in this country than citizens and individuals. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous because those are the guys that's where all the money is. You know, like it, it's piled up in corporations there and they throw billions of dollars at <laughs> it's I yeah, I, I I think that
1: um I understand where they're again I understand where they're coming from. I think it's a very uh it's not a reasonable request, but it's a logical request that they should have the option. But at the sake of what? Um at the sake of people potentially, you know. Getting now granted, there is a higher percentage of recovery from COVID-19 than death, which is somewhat reassuring. Yeah. But
0: but even I mean, right now from the numbers that are reported, right? And that's that is just based on reported. I think we all know that there's a lot of people out there that have had COVID, right, and don't know it. Yeah. Right? Because they've that now there's a lot of there's th- no testing. Right. No testing. Um and so I think right now we're looking at a, at roughly a 5 to 6% mortality rate, right? Right. Which is, I think, two or three times what the flu average is, I think.
1: So although our president likes to tout the fact that um, they're doing a great job, one, one thing that I kind of stood out in my mind was when you, he when you compares it to H1N1, there were 35,000 deaths,
0: right? Mm-hmm. But that was over a year. This is we're in April. I mean, it's been yeah, we're like two and a half months at this point since it really started to kind of explode here in in the U.S. So, like that argument is is it's way weak. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, well, it's, you're I, at, I mean, let's be honest. Which yeah. of his arguments aren't? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're more of a of a third of the way to the. The mortality of H one N one.
0: We're and at twenty eight, twenty five thousand,
1: twenty eight thousand. Yeah, and I've had to stop looking at CNN because I think you're right. I mean, I was getting a little bit, uh not depressed, but it's like,
0: no, but I, it, it builds a level of stress and anxiety in you when you when you consume it on a regular basis. I think. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I'm personally thinking about, uh, not in a selfish way, man I'm, I'm really thinking about my business you know endeavors right now um and trying to come up with a a good solution to my personal financial world it's like oh okay these things are going south at a quicker pace than i thought it i thought originally what, what what's my next move so and i get that but i still am an advocate of shut everything down because the impact on the on the real economy which I, I consider like people is much greater than Wall Street. Um, I, I really don't care about Wall Street you know I, I, I do but I don't if if that's clear but dead people like my mother's 65 years old basically it's like yeah I don't want to have you know free range or I don't I'd rather be conservative in what I do for the sake of my mother, right. basically. I mean, for, for, um,
0: my parents, you know, my mom is 67, I want to say. Uh, 66. And my dad is 70. He's going to be 71 right. this year. And they live two and a half hours from here. And both of them have, my dad in particular, keeps being like, you know, you guys can come down here anytime you want. And I'm like, no dad, can't. I'd love to. I Like, I would love nothing more. I would be just dying to be chilling at the beach, having, you know, Helena playing in the sand. Like, yeah, Katie's, my sister and her husband are down there. I haven't seen them in forever. Like I would love to be down there, but I am not going to do that because I'm not going to accidentally give my parents the (laughs) COVID and then have to live with that for the rest of my life. Like I'm, I just can't, I can't do that. You know? Uh
1: and that's what a reasonable person would say and i i i um i i'm concerned about our i don't know i i just think that when i look at the i try not to watch the press briefings because i, I really do get angry like i, I have well, no they're not that,
0: actual press briefings now you know I mean, no, dude, up until the last dude, week it was okay we'd actually had like people that Knew what they were talking about getting up there, but now it's just it's just a campaign rally. That's all it is.
1: He showed a campaign advertisement, yeah, pretty much in one of the press briefings. Uh, and then he correct. all
0: he wants to do is pick fights with the reporters because then it look it makes him look like he's tough to his base and like he like he's getting picked on. You know, like it's this whole big act, and the fact that there are so many d- people out there that still buy it and haven't. I haven't gotten the message yet, you know, and I, and it's I don't know, it's 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 in it's incredible to me at this point that there are still so many blind supporters of his. But
1: one thing that actually I walked away from yesterday, um, I've actually heard several people say that Twitter's not real. <laughs> like it's, and as small is of a statement as that is, it's actually pretty huge in my mind because when you look at the Twitter sphere, mm-hmm. right it's everybody like is arguing about something. It's, it's rarely a, um, it's rarely a real conversation. Somebody, You know, I was watching the, uh, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah and he was joking about, oh, that argument I got on Twitter and like that, that's just part of the segment. And I saw somebody else that literally said, okay, Twitter's not real guys, like it's not a real world. And I was reading an article this morning from Politico that mentioned that, you know, there's only 50,000 real Bernie Sanders supporters on Twitter. And it kind of clicked in my head. It's not real. It's just a, it's literally just a commercial from life of like what's actually going on. And just the loudest people get to have a say. I really, I say all that to say this. I don't really think there's that many people that are blind to Donald Trump's
0: yeah i think i mean i think you're right you know the it's very easy for a small group to be magnified right on twitter um and so i think you know it's you can't look at something like twitter and say okay well that's a representation of the entire world you're absolutely right and same thing with any other social media platform you know like you can't you can't take that as, you know, some, like a, you know, scientific survey sample size, right? right? Like, <laughs> the sample it's... size is
1: like not even a sample well, size. Well,
0: and then when you think about it, right, because it's not even just necessarily like, you know, the entire Twitter sphere that you're experiencing. It's it's whatever small segment of it that you happen to explore, you know, and you don't see the other sides of the conversation that are going on necessarily.
1: Right. So if that makes hopefully that makes you feel better. It made me feel a lot better. Twitter's not real.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like the Twitter stuff was, was getting to me a little bit, but I think the, it really was more like just the constant, cause I just kept watching the news, a lot of CNN.
1: I've watched a way too much CNN. Yeah.
0: And it, not even like live stuff. Like i was just on YouTube, you know, like watching the clips and stuff of the different segments. And
1: I've been watching it live and
0: I, and I just, I, it gets to the point where, you know, as much as I, I, cause in a lot of ways I agree with what they're saying, you know, like, um, is it Don Lemon? Uh, I was watching one of his segments yeah. where he is he just like, this is ridiculous. Like people are dying and this is what you're talking about. You know, this is your solution. Like, um, but I think I, it, it just builds up, you know, to a point where I, I couldn't, yeah, I didn't. I, I I had to take a break from it. My doctor even said he was like, uh, you know, why don't why don't you try and stop digesting, you know, news about the virus stuff after or before twelve noon? He's like, give yourself like a cutoff time to stop looking into that stuff because it's not going to change. You know, like it's not going to change what you do for the next twelve hours. It's okay for you to take a little break.
1: Yeah, I think your body kind of gives you like some indicators that <laughs> what you're doing. Is probably not right. Um, and I started to get those indicators. Hey, dumbass, Even I'm not I'm sleeping doing.
0: because I don't like what you're doing. Hey, dumbass, yeah. I'm not hungry because I don't like what you're doing.
1: <laughs> you like, I mean, but you're, you're like, um, you're revving up your body's defense mechanisms. Yeah. Right. And it keeps your brain active, like way overly active, concerned about things it has no control over. Yeah.
0: It's like and, you're on high alert all the time, you know. Yeah. Like, like, the, the, like there's a predator stalking you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
1: you know, that's like. And his when name my name is Donald Trump, <laughs> I, I struggle with how I feel. I mean, I really, I don't struggle, but I struggle with the realization that I actually hate him. Like, I and I, I, I even hate saying that. It's just like, huh? There's no, there's nothing redeeming about this gentleman. And um, and I think that,
0: thing, that's exactly what it boils down to, is there is no redeeming quality to him. You know, like if if there was something good about him, then you might be able to, to say, OK, I mean, I think a, a, maybe a good example, George, George Bush. Right. And a lot of people hate George Bush, George W. Bush. Um, I think there are some redeeming qualities about that man. And as much as I disagree with some of the things that he did, even though I voted for him, looking back, you know, like we made a lot of mistakes during that administration, I think, you know, Um, but again, like I I don't harbor any hatred for him, you know, and right.
1: I can't the same can't be said for the Trump administration. Well, not that I won't say the whole administration, but Trump himself. And his family.
0: Well, and and there are definitely several key members. Uh, Mnuchin is is on my list. Um, Yeah. And who's the other? The really skeevy dude, um, a rat face little. Uh, Not Kushner. I mean, I yeah, I I hate him too, uh, but um, I can't remember his name now. I have to look it up. What did he do? Uh, I can't. I can't even remember. I want to say it's Steven something is his name. Um.
1: Yeah, I, I just yeah, I can't say the same for his family. Stephen and Miller, the, that's who it Stephen, is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I just really um. I I I hate him as a person. Uh, he's he kind of, this is, honest, but he reminds me kind of like of a
0: Hitler or a Mussolini. Well, um, I mean that's. A lot of people have been saying that from the beginning. You know, is that he he's a fascist dictator? Like that's how he acts, the way that he behaves, and the way that he gets people on his side, the way that he bullies people. That's how a fascist dictator behaves. You know, a fascist yeah. dictator says, "I have total authority," <sighs> and then comes out a day later and says, "I'm going to authorize the governors to do the job that yeah, they are, that they already had the power to do." I, I've watched, right now, I don't know a lot about
1: uh, Mike Pence's politics, um, but I did watch one of the press briefings where, you know, Donald Trump was saying that, well, there's seven states that haven't issued stay at home orders. And I literally watched Mike Pence mouth in his ear, it's eight, sir. And what's sad is that Mike Pence has. Well, of course he has experience to be an executive at that level, but when, even though I don't agree with his, his politics, when he talks, I don't feel like I want to throw up, but when Donald Trump opens his mouth, I just get angry. Like I really get angry.
0: Yeah. I Um, mean, I'll I'll say I don't like Mike Pence. Um, yeah. But thing. I don't I don't hate him like I hate Donald Trump. I, I, at the same time, maybe I would grow to hate him if he had as much time you know, to speak as the Don does. But um, yeah, it's um, and it's again like, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, I think, because it's it's exhausting to hate somebody, you know, like it takes yeah. a lot of effort. To hate somebody, and that's why, in general, I kind of I try to follow the rule. I don't hate anybody. I might not like you. I might not agree with what you do, right? But I'm not going to take the time to hate you. Um, No, I hate Donald Trump. But yeah, I mean, he's you know he's one of those guys where he's just kind of like, as much as this is like the rule that I follow and live by, I got to break it for this dude because I just can't stand him. I mean, there's again nothing redeeming about him. He hasn't done anything good. Since he's been in office, everything that he's done has been self-serving, you know, self-gratifying. Right. Uh, the guy paused delivery of checks, right? So to have his name on them to, ha- to put his name on it. The first first reimbursement check that has ever had a president's name on it, and he wanted he wanted to sign them. He wanted to be the one signing them, and they said, "That's you're not authorized to sign for the treasury, you dumb fuck." Like that's not how this works and so I, he's like I, well then I want my name on it somewhere we'll put it in the memo okay well we're gonna have to delay it in order to do that well that's fine but you think about it who was most likely to get paper checks Uh right Rural America right or 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 poor America who didn't use direct deposit for their check their tax refund yeah you're right I Because it's basically however you received your your tax refund is how they
1: are processing.
0: I I hate to say this, but
1: yeah, the whole, I mean, and I even, I just caught myself doing it where it's, everything is so divisive. I hate the word, you know, some politicians will use working class America and the reality is they're poor. And the reality is they're not even poor. They're just lower in, it's a lower income bracket. The poor people are the homeless people and it's trying not to play the game is exhausting if i'm being honest it's like and you're right and i did i knew that i was very well aware of it what when that was even being done but it just bothers me it's like what are you taught like who how do we get here you know um and i pray that america has a long memory for him to want to have his name on a check and for people to even associate to associate something that he's done positively out of this, it's like, dude, you're, it's not you, dude. I mean, no, what cares
0: Again, it's a campaign deal. That's what he's doing. You know, like he's running for re-election. That's all he's doing right now during all of this. And there is nothing. I hate more than a politician not doing their job because they're too busy running for reelection. And, I don't understand how anybody can dismiss the fact that during, we are in one of the biggest crises that we've ever had in this country right now, right? Just, we don't really know what's going on. We're trying to do our best to figure it out. We've never had this type of like stay-at-home stuff. You know, thank God that we have the the technology and the infrastructure that we have for most people or at least, right. you know, some people to be able to work from home and to be able to continue to live. I mean, you think about like, Grocery delivery apps and stuff like that that people can use if they're not able to go to the store because they're sick or because they, you know, whatever. Um, But it's like in the midst of all of this, what is he focused on? Winning votes, right? He's not worried about saving lives. He's not worried about, I mean, any other politician in this position in this same year running for reelection in November would say, Fuck that shit. That's not important. What's important is to save as many lives as we can. What are we doing to save lives?
1: So the the, the bad part for me is that it's not just Trump doing that. It's it's companies like Grubhub that are that just, just disgust I me, mean, just disgust me. Like I, I think that you know, for them to run these commercials. And and talk about you know oh we're here we're trying to serve the community but still offer well they just recently changed the commission they were charging to restaurants, um I just thought that was sick when I first saw when I first saw the commercial I was like please don't be like a company and, ah Grubhub screw you.
0: Um, well, cuz I thought it was interesting. You see like Postmates and and DoorDash and a lot of the other delivery services started running promotions where it's like oh $0 delivery fees, right?
1: Who's paying for that?
0: Well, right. And that well, that's what I started wondering. I was like wouldn't it be a better opportunity to say, "Hey, we're here to help the small business restaurants in this area, so we're not charging them." We're going to waive the, the fee. You still pay it but you know we're not going to charge them in order to allow you know them to stay in business and to you know essentially as a way to encourage you to do this right like we want to help you can help us by ordering through us right um we we had i used DoorDash the other night to get um burgerfi delivered and i thought it was kind of cool the guy um one of i don't know if he's like a regional manager or what but had done a handwritten note that they'd copied photocopied but It just basically said, Hey, you know, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you, you know, from ordering, you know, this restaurant is owned by four guys that live within 10 minutes of here. Um, You know, it's not like a big corporate chain and, you know, we rely on the local community. And so it means a lot to us that you've continued to support us and, you know, gave us like a coupon for a free entree the next time that we're in the restaurant. Like, you know, I mean, it was obviously just like somebody took the time to say, Hey, we need to just say thank you, right? Like, and understand that people are having a hard time right now, and something like this could be the difference, right? I mean, that's like I I like BurgerFi in general. Like, I've always thought that they were pretty decent, um, but that just was like a little, you know. Was, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was a good, nice little move. Yeah,
1: Red Robin did the same thing when we ordered from them, and I was like, okay, they get it. Um, and again, I I like to, you know, I like to spin local if I'm being honest, and I like to. Um, support. I, I get small business. I, I, I really do, but I also think that there's a responsibility that small business owners have and they should not be mimicking the, the dark side of capitalism, or they should not be mimicking the president of the United States. If I'm being honest, I I think that that is where we, people should vote with their wallets. And if those companies fail, they deserve it. Um, and I, (laughs) It's hard for me to say that, but I just, I just really do, man. I just, I can't. Um, I, I hate to see people taken advantage of, especially in times of need. Um, I spoke to somebody the other day that was talking about they have family in the islands where they just came out of hurricanes, right. and now it's this, and you know, my heart goes out to you know, to those people. It just blows my mind that we consistently. In times of crisis, as a as a as a planet, we crap all over people, um, and we're not trying to do the right thing for the right reasons for a long enough time to make a difference. Um, my my youngest brother lives in California, and he, I talked to him yesterday, and um, you know, even California is doing a much better job, and the the governor is showing leadership qualities that. You're not seeing uh, from everybody in government. And I don't, and I don't want, I can't list all the, the governors that are doing a good job or yeah. all the mayors that are doing a good job. It's just that in times of crisis, politics aside, what's the right thing to do? And COVID 19 is just like this election year is exposing our, our fragility and our moral compass. As a country, as states, and as cities and towns,
0: and individuals, you know, and individuals. (laughs) So I uh, was on, I think it was on Twitter this morning, and I don't remember how I got in, like who it was that posted it or what, but got into this thread where people talking about, and I I guess I didn't realize that there's a uh, a large contingency of the LGBTQ community that. ...hate Ellen DeGeneres. Be- okay. Because <laughs> they consider her to be a hetero in a who happens to be gay, basically. Um, and so, anyways, in the midst of this thread that I was reading, out of interest, uh, somebody pointed out that she makes $50 million a year... And when all of this stuff happened, she basically said, like, I'm going to keep, you know, everybody paid on my that works on my show. I'm going to continue to pay them throughout this entire thing. Then she started filming from her show from home because she said it was the only way that she could continue to do the show and hired a non-union crew to come in and do it. And her her existing crew had to find out through social media that they basically got laid off during all of this so that she could hire somebody else to come in and do this. Is she still paying her crew? I don't know. That's the one thing I couldn't figure out, was whether or not she was still paying them.
1: Okay, if she's not, then that's the problem. But if she is continuing to pay them, then who cares, right? Yeah. Um, Huh. You said a lot there. I I did. did. (laughs)
0: I had, to, I mean, I was just trying to, to provide the setup, you know, as to, as oh, that, to how was, I that, got
1: through that. Uh... That was definitely a setup. That was uh, definitely
0: a setup
1: <laughs> because I could go like in so many different directions. I think the the only problem I would have with that and Ellen Degeneres, like I, I have no feelings for her or against her, but as long if she's continuing to pay her employees, and that's awesome, right? And you know the trade-off is these non-union teams could be potentially putting themselves or her at risk for the sake of a check, but hopefully for the betterment of their family. Whole nother can of worms, and is her show really that important? Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? The second thing is, gosh, I have nothing. Like yeah, that's a really tough community to be a part of. It <laughs> like, is.
0: I, I mean, there's, yeah um Are they pissed all over uh Pete Buttigieg's boots about- yeah i mean it, it is it is hard you know i think it's it's hard um and, i mean i think part of what's difficult is that you've got a lot of different opinions amongst those people you know i think it's not it's not very clear but what what ends up is like one part of that group makes a decision and then tries to force that decision on the rest of the group basically. Right. Like, well, this is how we feel and since you're part of this group, you have to you have to be with us or otherwise you're against us. And that's it's the same sorry, not the same, but it's it's a very similar dialogue to where we are with politics, you know, where it's like, well, you're either a Republican or you're against us, right? You're either a Democrat yeah. or you're against us. You can't be, you know, moderate. You can't be somebody in the middle because that means you're not with me. And if you're not with me, then you're against me. And that attitude, I just, I don't understand. I mean, if you're not with me, then okay, that's cool. That doesn't mean you're necessarily against me. Maybe we're both trying to get to the same place together and we just want to take different routes.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's the whole us, the us versus them mentality. um, I I think that it's, it's dangerous and I, I see it a lot in the black community and it frustrates me. I see it a lot in um, other segments of our, our our population, and that concerns me also. Who cares, right? You're not gonna, you can't make people believe what you believe, and their insights and their perspective often enrich your point of view. So, at the end of the day, who cares? Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like with. Um, you know, I've seen celebrities on Twitter and not that Twitter is like my go-to, but they're donating money. Like uh, Drew, actually I saw Drew Brees donated him and his wife donated four or five million dollars, which is cool for New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but it just makes me think that, you know, there are good people out there in the world and there are people that are going to try to do the right thing. Um, and we have to, I'd rather foster and strengthen that environment as opposed to the, You know, oh, you've you have to do this, or you you should feel obligated to do. No, if I do or don't, it has nothing to do with you. So shut up. Like Michael Che, his grandmother passed away, so he paid everybody's rent in his building in New York. Yeah, Um, which I think, if it was public housing,
0: which is what I kind of gathered, the city of New York should have figured that out. Um, Like. I mean that's same thing with the small businesses here, you know, or or anywhere, you know, that are struggling. Where it's like, this isn't, it's not rocket science, right? They need something. You can't just ignore those people or think that because they're going to get this little stimulus check for themselves, right, gone. as an individual, that they're that that's somehow going to support their small business, right? And then I mean, there's other, you know, individuals. You think, you know, hairdressers and people that essentially it's like I'm not even an employee. I just have a chair somewhere where I work, right? You can't collect unemployment on that right now. Cause you didn't get fired. Your place is just closed, right? You, you have nowhere to work. So it's like, what do you, what are you supposed to do? And nobody, I mean, it's like, nobody thinks about that or, or not nobody, but nobody in government seems to be doing anything about it. Yeah. The,
1: the gig economy, the, you know, individual contractors, they're screwed, and I I don't know I don't think that we we have the foresight to understand the impact on the real economy like right now Yeah I think we can make assumptions but I do think that the economy like the real economy not the Wall Street indicator so this last time I will explain that on this on this podcast. I think the economy is, is going to be rude beyond recognition. We are not going we are not going to bounce back from this for 18 to 24 months. Yeah. I mean, good. we are we can't afford 22 million unemployment claims in this country. Um yeah, so I I my gut feeling tells me that we're looking for we're looking at 18 to 24 months of an economy that doesn't work. For a majority of Americans,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, like that, it's and that's that's where you kind of ask yourself, like, who do you want? Trying to figure out how to fix that problem, right, for the next four years, right? And um, I don't know. I sure, I sure as hell don't want it to be Donald Trump. <laughs> I'd take, I'd take just about anybody other than him at this point because I just don't, I mean, what he's going to, he's going to turn to the private sector and expect them to figure it out. And I don't, I don't think that that's going to fix it when the private sector is going to be the one that's in the shitter.
1: Well, I mean, it goes, you know, I've, I've said this a, a lot. It's, it has nothing to do with the, the, the president. If I'm, you know, if I'm being clear, yeah. it it's has a lot the, more to do
0: with Congress and.
1: Yeah, the state and local people are are just as responsible for the health of the economy, the real economy that than the president is. Do you think he's going to veto a bill that puts people back to work or, you know, or... No,
0: I don't, but I also don't think that he's going to he's going to care what comes across his desk if it if that makes sense, you know? That yeah. means that's that that's status quo. I guess. No, I mean that's why. Like, he doesn't care now. He'll sign basically whatever comes across his desk. And I guess that's part of my concern is that what's. So yeah, it's not necessarily him, but I just feel. I mean, I guess I feel like you know, if we if you had a president in in the White House that actually cared and wanted to get people, you know, wanted to get things back to normal for everyone and not just to make money for themselves, that they would push Congress to do more, but. That's and that's where you don't you don't see the leadership right from the White House right, right. now to get that stuff done and that's that's what it's more about to me. And I know and I understand that you know that he's not going to be the one writing the bills or you know ultimately determining it. That all, stuff all has to come through Congress. But you know ultimately I just I want somebody that is going to show some form of leadership, some form of actual leadership, and not this you know faux orange spray tan version of it. Well, and here goes our interview. Yeah, and
1: you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was good for a little bit. I was like, yeah. Uh, eh. you're not wrong." But I think that here's here's the uh, when you when you pull back the curtains a little bit, the twenty five million dollars for the Kennedy Center is ridiculous, you know. And I know that people try to say, I know people try to say, "Well, that's, that's the Democrats that wanted that." Oh, well, if I'm being honest, if they were really committed to just doing their job, that would have never been a thing.
0: I can't tell if you're back or not. I'm back. Okay. The internet did something weird. Yeah, your your head kept doing like this, but it was like the same, it was like a loop. It was this weird like you are just doing the same motion over and over again, and you weren't saying anything. And I was like, is it is it a loop? Is he talking? Like, what's going on here? Okay, so just for clarity's sake, I was looking up. Um, let's see. So Ellen, uh, her crew, her, her crew got, had a sixty percent pay cut, while the show continues to air. Um, and they recently hired an outside non-union tech company to help DeGeneres tape remotely from her California home.
1: Yeah, then she's wrong. Yeah, yeah, she's one hundred percent wrong. I yeah. Mean, that-
0: That's yeah. Well, and and it's another one of those things where you've seen this from a bunch of companies, right? That have said, we're not going to lay people off. We're not going to do anything. Everybody's going to be fine. And then a week later, oh, 50% of our workforce just got cut because we realized we're fucked. You know, it's like if you're going to make that kind of promise that you're not going to lay people off or you're, you know, nothing's going to change, like you better be damn well sure that that's the truth. Well, this uh, might be the end of this particular Chris? podcast episode uh, <laughs> as the internet has decided to stop cooperating.
1: Yeah. Well, you're right. I, I think that um I, I got, I did catch some as a lot of companies are saying one thing while doing another.
0: Um, and I think that's where, you know, you've talked about having a, a long memory, right? And voting with your wallet. And I'm really hoping that that's exactly what happens after all of this is done, that people remember which companies did what. And support the ones that were actually there for their employees, and not the ones who were looking out for their bottom line and their freaking shareholders.
1: Oh, internets! <laughs> Son
0: of a biscuit! I got, I got the good,
1: the really good meaty part of what you said. Good. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, we're not going to suffer through this very long, but we're going to probably do a COVID nineteen update episode. Probably, you know, I, I don't want to com- overcommit because Chris has got to do all the editing. But I think it's important that we.
0: He's got a lot of <laughs> Yeah. He's
1: slacking. I feel bad for even saying that because no, if
0: I edited any episode, I would be like, yo, that's garbage. No, I just. It, I, but, um, yeah, I, I'm feeling. I'm in a much better place today. So I think I can get. I can at least get one or two episodes done for sure. Okay so we're definitely going to
1: try to um you know, give some gives attention to the where we oh, here we go internet
0: <laughs> here we go, yo. Here we go yo. all right so what's, so, so what's the scenario gonna, yeah.
1: we're definitely going to give some attention in, in uh its own light to the COVID 19 um stay-at-home orders and how we're working through this i think it's important um because you know maybe it's in this episode or not but sleep is becoming a, a commodity at my house um and probably at yeah, Chris's scares, house eh? <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it's a scarce yeah. commodity
1: yeah and yeah. we we had some we had, we actually had a chance to relate on like how we're both dealing with this and you know i'm sure there's other people out there we're you're not alone um no
0: i think that's an important message uh we'll share them yeah like it's it's a tough time for everybody and we're all struggling through this in our own way. And so, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you're dealing with, be sure that there's somebody else out there that's probably going through a lot of the same things. So, yeah.
1: So once again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andre and I'm Chris and thank you for joining us for the Chris and Andre show, the COVID-19 edition. See
0: you next time.